in, that the first pick in the 2022 NBA Draft goes to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have been awarded the first pick in the 2022 yeah, Draft. Baby, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. So I am here with JX Remy for Nathan Bennett episode 27. Obviously a huge Magic fan. He's got his wall behind him. So he's hype, I'm sure. So Yes, I am. Yeah, bro. Unfortunately, I don't got my wall behind me. So I wore the, the Spurs jersey to compensate. At uh, least. At yeah. least. At least. My uh my freaking Wi-Fi at home was bad, so I'm back in the college <laughs> the college study room that I was in whenever uh, I recorded with Swiss Eel that one night. So. Oh yeah, man. Um, so yeah, man. Do we want to get into the whole the whole draft stuff first, since the Magic got the number one pick? I mean, both of, of us. Course. Yeah, you said you know like the top three. I kind of know the top ten, yep. just because the Spurs got the ninth pick. But I don't know, like all of the draft picks or anything. So the draft talk will be short, and then we're going to hop into playoff stuff, which is going to be fun. So yeah. do, who, who do you want? I know I know the mock draft right. showed Chet Holmgren. I'm a huge Chet Holmgren fan. A bunch of people are on the Bancaro train. So. All right, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be very honest with you. Chet, phenomenal talent. My bad, I'm connecting my charger. Phenomenal yeah. talent, and he can be a phenomenal player in this league. But my thing is, is okay, he will be. He has the skill sets. He has playmaking. He has ball handling. He has um, shot creating, shot making. Like, the dude is a full package. But he's too skinny, right? Yeah. Now, a lot of people might be like, oh, that's no big deal. Give him, like, three, four years. Look at Giannis or KD. The problem with the Magic, right, is we have Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, two guys that came in way too skinny into the NBA, and they've been extremely injury-prone, right? Because they didn't come in with NBA-ready bodies. So they had to adjust to the game and take hits from bigger guys, which Mo Bamba, that really damaged him. And if you watch Mo Bamba, he doesn't play in the paint. He's like a spot-up shooter or a turnaround jump shooter, which I hate. So the only reason why I don't think the Magic should take Chet Holmgren is simply because, dude, we literally cannot develop and help players grow bigger. And Chet Holmgren, that's all, like, that's what he needs. Like, the dude needs to be bigger. Yeah. I I, again. I agree, man. Like, I was watching, uh, I sent you the Scooter Magruder video because Scooter is a Magic fan. And yeah, uh, man, man. and he was he was like, bro, we're, we're winning back-to-back championships if our team is healthy. The problem is right. our team is never fucking healthy. Damn right. <laughs> like, y'all are always injured. And I feel like if y'all get Chet, like, I love Chet, but Chet is so skinny, man. And I've talked about it because Chet needs a team that can develop him. And yes. you're, you're right. Like, you can see, even as a Magic fan, that, like, Orlando – Y'all can't really develop, and y'all, like... we were terrible with yeah. weight. Yeah, That's... like, y'all y'all have injuries so often, man. It's crazy. So, like, picking up Chet would just be, like, a liability for y'all, to be honest. But, like, exactly. if, if the Spurs got the number one pick, then obviously I would pick Chet. Because the Spurs, I've talked about this so many times, the Spurs have one of the best, like, development programs, like, in the league. So, yeah. like, I would really want Chet... But obviously the Spurs dropped down to ninth, so we're talk. Uh, we're probably gonna get Jalen Duran. I really like Jalen Duran. You know he's a center, um, and if we do get Jalen Duran, then I, that obviously means that uh, Portal is on his way out because uh, Portal is up for a contract soon, and uh, if he signs an extension, he'll be. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the group chat. So, like, me and JX Remy are in this NBA group chat, and sometimes I, I give my takes in there, and then I have to come back and give them again on the podcast. But um, I, I had said, like, Poto is up, and we talked about this with Swiss Eel. Poto is up for a contract that would essentially be paying him the same that we pay uh, DeJounte Murray. And that just isn't going to happen. So Poto is, is going to be gone. Uh, I don't know what team will pick him up, but there's no way that we're going to give him that ma- that big of a contract. And then that obviously opens up um, some other things. You know, there's talks, obviously, with DeAndre Ayton. 
there's talks with Zach oh, Levine, yeah. like all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, but I don't think Potal's gonna be gonna be around for much longer. Um, and that's really all I got with that. Jalen Duran, a uh, great center. Um, I I really wish we could have gotten something higher because I really do like you know Jabari Smith because Jabari Smith is a power forward and you know our greatest years were when we had a good power forward you know do I even need to say his name nope. so <laughs> so yeah I mean that's that's really all I got on the draft stuff I don't know if you wanted to add anything with the magic or anything or... I'm with you completely I want Jabari Smith on my team that is that is my go-to pick. And then it's weird because the Magic, we have so many players that can actually be a legitimate piece in the NBA. Like, yeah. a rock from top to bottom, any team would be like, all right, hey, I want this guy to be in my rotation. We have such a logjam at every position. Now, one thing I will say is, I mean, to get the Spurs fans happy is, Mo Bamba could easily end up with you guys because yeah. I honestly don't think we're bringing him back. I mean, maybe we'll give him a little contract, but with the amount of money the guy can make, I don't think he's coming back to Orlando. And then that's where we slot in one of these big men, Jabari yeah. Smith, in order to play. Because even with Jabari at number one, at the first overall pick, I don't know who we replaced from the starting lineup to put in Jabari Smith. Because like, we'll have yeah. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, uh, Franz Wagner, Jonathan Isaac when he gets... A lot of people forget how great he was. Obviously, the guy is wrapped up in all these political things. It sucks, but yeah. whatever. Judging him by the basketball player that he is, he was one of the best defensive players, well, top three defensive players in the NBA. And then we have Wendell Carter Jr., who is quietly becoming an ext like a top center in the NBA. Obviously, he still needs time, but he's developing into it. So, I don't know. This first overall pick, I don't know who they replaced. Maybe they switch out Franz and the number one pick every now and then. But yeah. in my honest opinion, I, I don't know where we plug him in. I mean, a lineup, a bench lineup of Jalen uh, Suggs, Chumo Kiki at the two. Uh, who's, who's the small forward? Damn. Or RJ Hampton or um, our number two pick. Number two. Our number one pick, my bad. And then a center that's most likely what our starting our bench unit is going to be for the team going forward. Yeah. That's that's I, the that's so my guy. Or go ahead, bro. Go ahead, my bad. <laughs> my guy is Jabari Smith. Hands down, number one. That's my guy. Just because of what he and he's NBA ready. His body wise, he's NBA ready. And that's I'm tired of developing. Yeah. I, I feel like the main problem with, like, the Spurs, like, you you always talk about, like, oh, the Magic have a really deep bench, but, again, the problem is they're always injured. The nope. the Spurs is – our problem is everybody is pretty much the exact same level. We don't really have a deep bench or a deep starting five. Like, with the exception of DeJounte Murray, our entire team is pretty much, like, 80, 80 overalls, which, like, 80 overalls isn't bad – but whenever you're competing against, like, Giannis, KD, like, all that, like, you need, like, a couple of 90s in there somewhere. And, like, players. Yeah, so we have DeJounte, but then after DeJounte, you know, we have, like, we have some decent players, but you want something more than just decent. Like, yeah. we have yeah. Josh Primo, you know, Josh Primo's my guy. That's the jersey I'm wearing right now. Uh, we have we have Trey Jones. We have uh, Doug McDermott. Like, these guys are good, but they're not going to carry you to a championship or anything. Yeah, um, and sure. I saw there was uh, there was, there was was talks about deepening our bench by making Keldon a six-man like Manu. And obvious, uh, honestly, I don't see really any objection to that. Um, and then with the magic, uh, what I was going to say is you want to make sure you don't fall into the same problem that the Spurs did, which you were talking about being like log jammed in positions. And like, if y'all draft another power forward, it's sort of like what the Spurs did. Like the Spurs, like Tony Parker retired, Manu retired. 
and we were like, fuck, we need a power, f- uh, a point guard and a shooting guard. And we drafted like a whole bunch because we were like, oh, this guy will be good. And they didn't end up working. So we drafted another one. And, oh, he, he's all right. We drafted another one. And now it's like we have like eight fucking guards, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing is happening with the Magic where it's like, all right, we got Mobamba. Mobamba's injured. All right, we'll draft another forward. Well, now Magic have like four forwards. <laughs> and it's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know. So, uh, anything else on the draft, or can we hop into playoff stuff? I my fav before we go, my favorite point guard is Jaden Ivey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Have you do you know anything about him? Uh, I, I got I got the 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 mock draft pulled up, so let me go to Jaden Ivey. So he's right. seventeen points per game and thirty five from three, and he's a shooting guard. They project him going yeah. up four to the Kings. So they got him like. Like, if he was – now, I hate that selection, Kings. If they take another point guard, what was the point of trading Tyrese? Yeah. Really walking in circles. But, no, that's one of my favorite prospects other than um, Jabari Smith. Obviously, Paolo Banchero to the Rockets. That's probably what will end up happening. Yeah. I love the fits. I love all of them. I so, – just- I feel like being drafted to the Kings is just like a death sentence in the NBA. It's like every single year I'm like, oh, the ping, the Kings finally picked somebody that's gonna t- like gonna be good for them. I'm happy for Sacramento. They're gonna turn things around. You know, they got uh, Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell's gonna show up, and then how many minutes did he get this season? And it's like, dude, they the, these draft picks are always projected like crazy high, and then they always go to the Kings, and then you never hear their name again yeah. until like five years so down the line <laughs> yeah man they had like, Tyree, guy that actually wanted to be there yeah being drafted being drafted to the kings you might as well just stay in the g league bro because it's like nothing is going on there you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's always a mess but yeah. all right let's get into the playoffs all right so obviously the first one i want to start out with Buck Celtics. So, George Hill, man. George Hill, I don't want him to ever step foot on a basketball court ever again, at least not for any of my teams. Uh, Dude, he did nothing like that entire playoff series. Running cardio. Yeah, bro. He was just doing, like, laps on the court. And then Coach Coach Mike, like, kept putting him in. And all the fans were like, bro – what are you doing? Get George Hill the what? fuck out! Like George yeah, Hill, man. uh, I had him on. I had him on loser of the week, uh, last yeah. week, and he got like well, he, he got. Yeah, he got a he got a few votes. Like I I do the uh I've I've changed it a, a bit since last time you've been on where it used to yeah. be I I it used to be I would just pick a player and now I try and pick like three or four people and I let the fans vote. So George Hill didn't end up winning the the vote, but it was still like pretty high. And it was pretty funny because um, I'm sure you saw on the voting. Let me go to it. I put Doc Rivers on there. So I always put like an explanation. I, I always put an explanation for why they're loser of the week. So like last week I put Brooklyn Nets for getting swept, uh, Bohan for missing the game winner, etc. So th- this week I put George Hill. He had 19 minutes and the only stat – he had 19 minutes, and the only stat he got was one rebound. Everything else was zero. And you then, know what's, funny? what's up? You know what's funny? You remember what was it? Two years ago in the bubble, they were blaming George Hill for everything. Yeah. As to why they lost? Because he sucked. And now we're doing the, the same year, thing. <laughs> the year he's not on the team, they win a championship. And then the year right after, they bring him back and they. Choke <laughs> yeah, bro. We need to get rid of him. Like I swear. So I put I put I put George Hill 19 minutes did nothing, and then I put James Harden obviously 43 minutes and 11 points. So James Harden ended up winning loser of the week this week with 50 percent of the votes, and then I put I put Doc Rivers, and then for my explanation I put because he's Doc Rivers, and he got he got 40 percent of the votes with that. <laughs> so loser of the week this week is James Harden. Uh, I'll I'll announce the loser of the week for this week. Uh, for voting uh, in a little bit, but I want to talk more about this uh, Buck Celtics stuff. So yeah, Coach Mike had terrible rotations. I was yep. watching that. I was watching that game seven. We were we were within two that entire first half, 
And every time we were, like, up two, Coach Mike would pull Drew out. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. wait until we have a bit of a bigger lead before you start yep. switching out our bench. Like, yep. this is a one-possession one game, and you're pulling our starters out. Yeah. And then in the third quarter, like, in the third quarter, uh, the re- I, I don't want to be that guy that talks about the refs, but the refs were so bad in the second half that the Bucks just Austrian. gave up. Yeah. All series, they were bad. In, in game seven, especially though, like they were calling offensive fouls on every single Bucks possession. And so yep. I, to me, it just seemed that the Bucks gave up because it's like, what is the point of even scoring if you're going to null and void the, the point anyway? And so we were within, we were within like two to five points the entire like first three quarters. And then like towards the end of the third quarter, it was just like, all right, these refs are fucking us. So we're just like, the game's done and so that's that's when the celtics went on this crazy like three-point run where like they were scoring like nine three-pointers like back to back and um my mom even came up to me because i go for the bucks and she was like wow y'all really got blown out and i was like but did you watch the game we got blown out in the fourth quarter because like we just didn't give a fuck anymore although all the way for through the first three quarters we were keeping it competitive in the fourth quarter it was like okay we're not gonna win this game because you know the refs keep calling these bullshit calls like i i sent something in the chat i don't know if you saw it i i, I saw like gs uh gs and g ray were liking it where they, I, I put, I put something like, um, I put like Drew, uh, Drew shoots a three pointer, offensive foul. Giannis goes through the paint, offensive foul. Pat Connaughton looks at a ref wrong, offensive foul. And it's like just yep. all of our points are going out the window to the point where yep. we were just like, okay, this isn't a game. So no, yeah, it just went terrible at the end, man. Especially in that game seven. Yeah, it was man. Just bad. So I saw that there was a bunch of people saying, um, you know, fire coach Bud and like all that. Like I I put that poll in the chat as like a joke. Like, should we fire coach Bud? I think a lot of people do want to fire him, but I don't think he's going to get fired. And let me explain why. I think the reason he won't get fired is because obviously Giannis is not going to leave Milwaukee. Giannis is like dead set in Milwaukee and he is fundamental to Milwaukee the same way that Tim Duncan was the Spurs and the reason I compare him to Tim Duncan again for the millionth time I know some people are sick of it but coach uh, I feel like coach Mike and Giannis have a similar relationship to Tim Duncan and and Pop. And there's been so many articles that have been written about that, the way, like, Coach Coach Mike loves Giannis. Giannis loves Coach Mike. And I don't think that they're going to get rid of Coach Mike simply because of that relationship. Like, if you have to get rid of, like, Coach Mike, then it's only a matter of time before, like, Giannis is like, well, I like that coach, so I'm gone too or whatever. Or... Like, you can't get rid of Coach Mike without it affecting Giannis, and you don't want to affect your star player in any way. And that's sort of how I see it. So I think that Coach Mike is going to stay in Milwaukee, whether he should or not, um, just because he has sort of that relationship with Giannis and and everything like that. So I agree, because the way Giannis talks about him, the way, like, he just appreciates him, it's it's – you can see – how much he enjoys having him around. The only thing is, I wish he wasn't so stubborn when it came to playoffs. It's like, yeah, man. bro, leave your starters in. Your exactly. starters are going to win your game. Those are your guys. And stop putting Giannis at defensive rotations or like as yeah. a, as a, what's this called? As a roamer. Because a lot of times they'll use Giannis as a roamer to the point where it's like, all right, Giannis is trying to leak off this guy. To block whoever comes into the paint, and it's just like put Giannis on the best player, uh, big man yeah. wise, put Holiday on the best player, and just leave it at that. Whenever the Celtics' best player, say Jason Tatum, you throw Giannis on Jason Tatum. When Jason Tatum goes to the bench, Giannis goes to the bench. Yeah, I hate man. how exactly weird, or like how he tries to be so fundamental in the playoffs, and it's just like 
Well, the reason like that, you're not yeah. gonna get anywhere. The reason he's so fundamental is because he coached under Pop, and Pop is obviously really fundamental. But it's like yeah. it's a different it's a different game. There's different players, you know. You know, we yeah. have we have the term point forward because of people like Giannis and everything, um, and exactly like you said, I wish we would have played Portis more because Bobby Portis is like an amazing defensive player. Um, One you. Game what? Game five, literally yeah. one game. And like to go to game five again, like Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, his best end of the floor is the defensive end, and yep. I don't think anybody's gonna disagree with that. He's a defensive monster, and again, we were in one, we were in two points, one possession game, and Mike is like, okay, we're gonna pull Drew out when Drew is over here getting you steals and everything like that. It's like, come on, dude. Um, and Drew Holiday, I feel like we really could, could have won game six if Drew Holiday came out and played oh, a little def- bit more. Because I, w- I was, yeah, I was talking about this a little bit, um, on Twitter, but, uh, and I talked about it a little bit on my last, the last episode of the podcast, Drew Holiday had one foul in game six. It's like, dude, you are known for being the defensive player. You have one foul in the fourth quarter. You have five other ones to lose. Go and fucking go in for those steals like we know you can get. We literally won game five. We won game five because you were getting steals and getting blocks in the last two to five minutes of the fourth quarter. Do that same shit again. And you're over yeah. here like like um, I was watching him guard uh, Tatum or somebody. And, like, Tatum would go up for a three, and Drew would just, like, throw his hand up, like, as a contest. Uh-huh. It's like, dude, where is the energy? You're in fucking Milwaukee. You're at a home game. Bring the same intensity you did before, and, like, you you didn't, and that's why we lost the game. Like, I don't want to seem like, oh, Drew's the reason we lost game six. But it's like, he had one foul. He could have played much more aggressively because it's, it's a different story with Giannis where Giannis is being called yeah. on everything, so he has four fouls and five fouls, and he can't be as aggressive. But Drew Holiday, you have one fucking foul, and it's the yes. fourth quarter. Like, you can go in, and you can go for risky steals. Like, you can, like, obviously, if you go in for a steal and, like, you hit their arm, they're going to call a foul. But that, like, yeah. that's the thing is, like, you have five fouls to lose. You can, you can afford to do that. So, yep. yeah. I agree um, completely. On the Celtics side of things, to, uh, to not, uh, I think we hit most of the stuff with the Bucks. Um, oh, yeah. Celtics, obviously, are, um, are showing that offense is still. Uh, one of the most important things in the game. They had the most threes by a team in a game seven in history. And you know what's insane? What's up? Bucks' defensive plan for I don't know how long has always been pack the paint, let them shoot threes. Yeah, and then and we let them do that, and the Celtics are a three-point team. It's like, that, it, yeah. Bro, that's a regular season game plan because when you get into the playoffs, you have to expect that every shot that your opponent shoots is going in. Yeah, exactly. It worked in game one. It worked in game one when they didn't know what defense was being played on them. And then they realized, and then they literally took full advantage of it. Yeah, man. And um, the last thing I got on here for the Bucks is uh, I, I actually made a video about Grant Williams back like at the start of the season. And I said that Grant Williams is going under the radar. And, you know, he uh, – like all of his stats have gone up and I talked about like how people were talking about his uh he's getting a jump shot and he's getting threes and like yeah. all that um and, and were- then we go to the playoffs and it's like man sometimes you hate being right cuz it's like oh, yeah. I was going I was going for the bucks but then yep. I made this video about Grant Williams and everything I said in the video happened where like <laughs> yeah he's shooting threes and it's it's like Dang it, man! <laughs> it's like I called it, but I didn't want to call it. That part of me didn't want to call it because I'm a Bucks fan. Um, yeah. And I, I did. I I said in that video that I don't think I didn't think that Boston would re-sign him because I thought they were you. Yeah. I thought they were using him inefficiently. But then mm-hmm. we got to the playoffs, and obviously he was a major uh, component. And so I think he'll still be in Boston next year. So uh, that that's the only part of the video I really want to change. But you know, I was saying he's getting he he was getting comfortable with the three point shot in his own words, um, 
and I said that he he was really going under the radar and he could be a key component and he really was in those playoffs like you know he came out and a lot of people were like who is this guy and then he ended up shooting you know x amount of threes and yeah yeah he was phenomenal in that series especially playing against Giannis Mm -hmm. that game seven was crazy the fact that he was hitting so many threes just casually draining threes walking back it was it was crazy man yeah so the last thing I got on here for the Bucks Celtics sorta is uh, I posted in the in the chat. Uh, Giannis is getting a Disney Plus do- uh, documentary. I don't know if you know anything about that or want to talk about it, but I have no idea. I didn't even know this was happening. What yeah. is it like a journey? Uh, sorta. It's like a documentary. It, it's called Rise. I really want to see it on Disney Plus. Uh, I don't know when it's coming out or if it's already out, but um. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to watch it, and I know my fans are going to hate me by saying this, but I still haven't seen Last Dance. Damn. And, yeah, I know it's bad. So what I want to do is whenever it comes out, I'm going to do, like, a basketball marathon. And what yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to watch Last Dance. I'm going to watch Giannis's documentary. I'm going to watch the Tony Parker documentary that's on Netflix, like Tony oh. Parker, The Last Shot or something. I'm going to watch uh Dirk's uh Dirk's movie like as many basketball movies or documentaries that I can find and then I'll I'll yeah. I'll do like a tier list and say like which one I like the best so You should for sure. Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to that Giannis one. Uh I'll put the trailer in the description, but dude, I'll send it to you after the episode too. It's so good. All it right, talks man. about like it ta- it doesn't just talk about basketball. It talks about like how you know, um, I'm sure you've heard with Giannis before, like, he was getting, like, ridiculed in Greece, and they were saying, like, he was an illegal immigrant, and whenever uh-huh. he, whenever he, uh, whenever he won the championship in Milwaukee, like, they put up a mural in him, uh, of him in Greece, and then it got, like, all, like, graffitied on with a bunch of, like, slurs on it and everything. Oh. Like, yeah, it was bad. Uh, so they go into that a little bit, too. They have, like, I don't know what it's called in Greece. Like, I know we have ice here. I don't know if it's called the same thing in Greece or whatever. But they have, like, I'll, I'll just say, like, a Greek ice agent, like, in the trailer that's, like, talking about it. He's like, you know, you're, you're illegal immigrants. We can send you home. And then Thanos, uh, Giannis's brother, is like, this is our home or whatever yeah. in the trailer. So it's, like, a big thing. And, like, I was like, yes, bro. It's getting me so hyped. But, um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for the documentary. He reps them. Yeah, exactly. Like, he he is avid about being from Greece. Like, he's supporting your country, dude. Like, I don't know what the issue is. Like, I, like, I want to go to Greece so bad. But, like, one of the things I want to do there, besides, like, visiting, like, a- like, Athens and, like, the Parthenon and, like, all that, is, like, go yeah. to, like, go to, like, the Giannis murals and, like, go to... Um, go to like the basketball court where like it first started like they put they painted the basketball court uh because of Giannis yeah so like I want to go see that stuff so it's like it's bringing tourism and stuff to your country like what what is the problem you know but um yeah I that's really all I got for that so So this is going to be a big topic. I'm sure you got some words for this. I'm going to make I'm making a whole separate video on this, which is what I was editing uh, last night and before you joined. So James Harden, do we give James Harden the Supermax or what do we do with him? Hell no. (laughs) I'm bad for yawning so much, bro. I'm not bored of you. I promise. (laughs) But no, bro. I don't know. Okay. He's gonna take he's gonna take the player option. No way he doesn't. We're talking like forty plus million dollars. Yeah. So he's guaranteed another year in Philadelphia. Now he is an expiring contract and he's a player that's been traded twice, right? A lot of people they see him as like they're like his value is rapidly decreasing. Yeah, exactly. Especially by oh, the man sucks in the playoffs. Like Every single year, something happens to him where he can't perform in the playoffs. Last year, his hamstring, right? And then that wouldn't be such an issue if this year he would have came out here and balled out. But it's like, all this is happening. I don't think he's going to get big money just because no one's looking at him now as like the James Harden he used to be, quick first step, alley-oop or floater, step back three. 
Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I talk about in the video that is about to come out. I'm like, as much as it hurts to say, guys, we have to come with the, we have to face the truth. Yep. James Harden is out of his prime, and that's that. Like he his value is significantly decreasing. You know, he was scoring 40, 50, 60 points before, and now he's scoring like twenty. And yep. uh, I I. I brought the sort of the same thing that you did up, the fact that he's been traded two times already because uh, everybody jokes about, like, you know, Stephen A. Smith always saying the dumbest stuff. But Stephen A. Smith actually yeah. made a really good point when he was uh, debating this with Patrick Beverly the other day. He said, you know, he forced his way out of Houston. He forced his yeah. way out of Brooklyn. If Philly yeah. signs him to $270 million, what's to say that he doesn't force his way out of Philly as well? And the contract, uh, I know some people are going to be like, well, it's a four-year contract. You can't trade any players that are over three seasons. But it's like, okay, well, he was on contract in Houston as well. It's like, even if he has to play there, he doesn't have to play there. You know what I mean? He can can be there, but he's not going to put in 100%. He's, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. And uh, uh, what I wrote down is, you know, James Harden is still averaging, uh, like, uh, 22 points a game, which, like, 22 isn't nothing. But for James Harden, you know, that's a significant decrease from where he was at. And I said uh, – uh, I, I put in my notes here. I said it, it's, it's – 22 points is still good. Yes. But, you know, how many players are also getting 22 points a, uh, a game with his minutes, especially, you know, 43 minutes, that you can get with 20 million, 40 million, even 50 million, rather than a whole 270 million fucking dollars? You know, yeah. there are so many, there are so many other players that are getting, especially if you give him James Hart, give them James Harden's minutes with like 43 a game that are going to put up those 22 points that are wor- that are so much cheaper than s- well, signing this 270 million four year contract and you know even four years even four years is a lot take take away the money entirely James Harden is already like 35 yes so that means that if you sign him for four years he's going to be 39 that's older than LeBron is right now there's no way that James Harden is going to be putting up barely even 20 by the time he's 39 like I could see him signing that if that if he even signs that four-year contract I can easily see him retiring in like two years into that contract you know it's just you're not going to get the value that you're expecting out of that contract one way or the other it's just it's just done yeah I agree completely man and it's just no one sees him like how we used to just because of these last two years yeah, man, I I don't even want to go into the playoffs thing because the playoffs is like such a dead horse. Like every single yeah. year, people are talking about James Harden being bad in the playoffs, but it's James Harden. And again, I got a video coming out that goes more in depth with this. But James Harden is aging, and every player ages. And uh, Patrick Beverly tried to say like, you know, well, well. We gave LeBron the Supermax when he was averaging this, and it's like, well, yeah, that's LeBron. LeBron is LeBron is yeah. LeBron is two years older than Harden, and he's still putting up like thirty points. So it's like, you know, I don't like saying LeBron is the goat, but he's the longevity goat, which is what uh, the way CJ put it. Um, And I agree with that. You know, you can't compare the longevity of LeBron James to fucking James Harden. It just doesn't Uh, work. Yeah, it doesn't. So anything else with the James Harden stuff or no? I mean, we said most of it and it's pretty obvious. You can see it. And it's like the one thing that really, really, really was weird to me is, all right, you complain that you have no teammates available for you in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then you have a super ugly departure from Houston to the point where you're not even like with the team anymore. Yeah. And now you're in Philadelphia. Literally everything you need, everything you need, you'll have Joel Embiid, the man's playing with a broken face. Literally a broken face. Yeah. It is all. You have your defensive players all around you. 
you have your shooters not like insane amounts losing seth curry was a huge deal mm -hmm. i still believe that that was a big loss but you have so many pieces around you to actually be a good team and it's like you literally made it as far as ben simmons did on this team so it's like and he wasn't even shooting yeah which was the most annoying thing that's what that's what like a lot of people were talking about. They were talking about, you know, like we traded Ben Simmons because he went zero for zero like that entire playoffs. Yep. But then you go to James Harden and James Harden James Harden scored zero in the second half of game six. Yes. So it's like yes. you know it, it's like a pot kettle situation here. Um and I like how you brought up the whole teammates and 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 Embiid thing because, uh, you know, back at the start of the season, you know, James Harden and Embiid both went for like 30, 40 points. Uh, I got the – let me pull up the post because uh, right. I put down their stats. But I, I know what you're talking about. And then they had like 10, 15 free throws in that same game too. Yeah, hang on. So in, uh, in Harden's – Philly debut, he scored 27 points, 12 assists, and 8 rebounds. And Embiid had 34 points, 3 assists, and 10 rebounds. And Kendrick Perkins, after that performance, was, you know, like, Joel Embiid and James Harden are the next Kobe and Shaq. And it's like, I yeah, it's like, no. How many times have you heard that phrase? Yeah, bro, I hate it. Because, like, back in the day, back in the day, maybe. Because, like, people were comparing James Harden to Kobe back in the day. But yes. now, obviously not. And the the problem with that, the problem that I have when comparing, when comparing uh, that as well, is that Kobe obviously Kobe is the first option with Shaq or on any team that Kobe played on, and James Harden isn't. You know that's why he left. That's why he left Brooklyn because he didn't like being the third option behind KD and Kyrie. And then in Philly, he's the second option behind Embiid. So it's like you can't call him Kobe when he's taking the back seat because we all know Kobe was never going to take the back oh, yeah. seat. You know, he always pushed to have the plays made around him. And that's another reason I don't want, like, I, I don't think Philly should sign the contract because, again, you know, he can force his way out of Philly because he's having the same problems in Philly that he had in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yep. Brooklyn his biggest problem without going into the whole, like, Kyrie, like, stuff – uh, political stuff was um, like he didn't like being he didn't like not being the first option and he was constantly arguing with the coach about that he wanted more plays built around him and then we come to Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers you know there's so many jokes made about Doc Rivers being a bad coach and all that but um, uh Doc Rivers is obviously going to build the plays around Embiid because Embiid is the first option. And yeah, Harden is getting annoyed again the same way he did in Brooklyn. And in the interview, they're like, you know, does Doc Rivers draw up plays around you or Embiid? And he said, next question. So, like, you can tell it's, it's pissing him off, and he's having problems yeah. with Doc Rivers the, the same exact way he had problems with Steve Nash. It's like we're just going yeah. in, like, this big loop here. Of him being like, oh, I don't like this team and coach. I'll go to another one. I don't like this team and coach. I'm going to go to another one. I don't like this team and coach. I'm going to another one. And it's like he's never going to get what he wants because what he wants is to be the first option. Yeah. But, again, he can't accept that he is out of his prime anymore, and he's not going to be the first option ever again. I agree completely. And it's, it's like there's nothing wrong with being number two. You're, you're still going to get yours, and he still gets his shots. It's not like they completely ignore him. Yeah, he still gets the shots and he still gets the ball in his hands. Like him and Joel Embiid are the perfect pick and roll pair, and he has such a problem with, oh, I'm not always gonna be the one shooting, and it's just like, dude, like, stop being like that, man. Just play the game. Yeah, man. Um, so speaking of the 76ers, though, uh, I want to sort of transition that into the Heat. Because the yeah. obviously the Heat beat the 76ers, and they played game one the other night. And I can go ahead and pull up the stats real quick. Uh, but I've, I've been making this big um, – I'm sure you saw uh, my last uh, – my 25th episode. I called it the, the defensive renaissance. And I was talking about how defense is getting a resurgence. 
And that's why I really want to talk about the Heat because obviously Jimmy Butler had 41 points, but they were talking. I saw a stat that was talking about how the Heat outscored the uh, outscored Boston because they had like something like 17 blocks in a quarter or something crazy. Wow, like that. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so hang on, let me pull it up real quick. I just know Boston was like killing them, and then third quarter came around. Yeah, whole game. Switch completely. Yeah, I know a lot of people are gonna talk about you know uh, they're gonna be like oh well the Boston didn't have like Marcus Smart and like all that but again it's a defensive like it's starting to become a defensive game again so yep. I'm I'm trying to pull up the Heat stats because like this I'm every time I watch a, a playoff game now I'm like I keep getting proven right like let's go <laughs> you know what I mean so I get excited I want to talk about it because I. Every every game I, I I watch, I'm seeing more and more defensive plays, which I really like. So yep. let me go to. Is there any way to go to the games? So schedule. It's just giving me the the per game stats. So I'm trying to get the. Okay. Hang on. So anything you wanna you wanna try and you wanna address while I'm pulling this up, like I mean, where you stand on it. The Heat, I'll always hate them, but speaking seriously. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you got you. Y'all are both in Florida, so y'all probably have a rivalry, huh? Not even when the Magic are good, the Heat are bad, and vice versa. But <clears throat> I mean, the thing with the Heat is they they remind me a lot of like the 2019 Raptors in the sense of they can switch everybody, every position can switch on defense. Yeah. And then, that's obviously why we're not seeing a lot of uh, this guy. What's his name? Uh, Duncan Robinson, just because mm-hmm. he's not, and he's not. He's always the mismatch, so they're always mismatch hunting him. And if he's not having a good night, what's the point of playing him? Which is what that's yeah. the problem he's running into. But the Heat defense is so switch heavy, and it's able to always just crash, and it's always mm-hmm. able to keep up with the guy, or worse to the point where it's like. All right, you beat me. Now you got to get past two people down yeah. in the paint. And there was there was a, you know, the before the whole malice at the palace thing, that was the reason that um I've brought them up a couple times before. That was the reason the 2004 Pacers were so good. It's cuz yeah. you had you had both Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal and they they said in that they said in that documentary like Ron Artest was like and I know his name is Metal World Peace now, but I'm still going to call him Ron Artest because it's easier yeah. to fucking say. <laughs> but um, Ron Artest in the documentary was like, oh, you got past me? Now you got to get past my man, Jermaine. Exactly. And it's exactly. like, it's the same sort of thing with like, um, with the heat now. It's like, all right, you got past, you got past me. You got past Jimmy Butler. Now you got Bam and Abayo and PJ Tucker behind yes. me. And it's like, yes. yeah. You guys dude. can punch you. Yeah, dude. Um, so despite despite uh, the Celtics, you know, having um, a great defense and having Marcus Smart and all that. Obviously, Marcus Smart didn't play, but um, they they only had eight blocks and eight steals in that uh, in that game. Versus, if we go to the Heat, the Heat had ten steals and twelve blocks, and four of those steals came from Jimmy Butler. And four of those blocks came from Bam Adebayo. So again, uh, I've been talking about this for a while. PJ Tucker was PJ Tucker was an essential part of the Bucks oh, yes. championship last year. Yes, and we lost sort of that defense. And uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Bobby Portis, so I was hoping Bobby Portis could sort of pick up some of that defense. And I really think that Bobby Portis could have, but again, that goes in the conversation we had earlier, which is like Bobby Portis minutes and like the bench minutes and all that. I wish Bobby Portis had gotten more time, especially with Middleton being out, but you know, it is what it is. But, you know, then he joins the Heat. So now the Heat uh, defense has immediately gone up. They, oh, already, yes. they already have Bam Adebayo, who Bam Adebayo, in my opinion, could have been up there for defensive player of the year this year instead of uh, Smart. Top five for sure. Yeah, and he he's been a top five defensive player for like the past like four seasons now. Yeah, like, he's been really he's good. He's always been great at defense. And then uh, you have Jimmy Butler as well, which Jimmy Butler isn't as much well known for his defense, but he again he had four steals in that game, so he's really good at at sort of reading passes and 
and yeah. getting steals that way. You know, he he won't give you steals like uh, he won't give you steals like uh, like Drew Holiday will, where Drew Holiday will straight up just swat it out of your hand. But mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, he'll sort of like he'll be able to tell where a pass is going. And he'll like intercept it almost mm-hmm. like a football pass, you know. Yeah. So, um, and that's the way he really gets his steals. And the the South, uh, the the Heat had a lot of points off of turnovers uh, because of that because they were just able to to swipe the ball or, or something from uh, from somebody and then just go and and dunk it like uh, yeah. like if you look at the uh, one of the biggest uh, shared highlights from that game is exactly what I was talking about like uh so one of the players on the Celtics is trying to pass the ball to who Jimmy Butler is defending and Jimmy Butler gets in front of the pass steals the ball and then goes and runs and dunks it on the fast break so it's like that's just what they did like most of the game like they weren't shooting very many threes like the Celtics they were just stopping possessions and getting defensive stops and then going through the paint so yep. and that's that's what's been working for them and that's what they need to keep doing yeah man it, it's very effective i'm really excited to see defense coming back like um i i said last episode i said i would rather watch a game where each player is like i, I would rather watch a game where there's like five blocks back to back than five threes back to back you know what I mean? Like, I would rather – I want to see more – more as much as I, I give hate to LeBron, I want to see more LeBron blocks against the backboard, yeah. like shit like that. Like, that stuff is what gets me hyped versus just watching Steph Curry or Jason Tatum just shoot, like, a bunch of threes over and over. Yeah. So, I want to see some defensive stops, man. That's what gets me excited. So, anything else to add to the whole, the whole heat mean, thing? Heat culture, man. That's all it is. Heat culture, yeah, and this like, toughness that I I oh my gosh, dude, they're such a good team. They yeah. really are this year, and yeah. they're going. I believe they'll beat they'll beat the Celtics and go right into the finals. Now, do I think they'll beat the Warriors? Probably not, but I, I could see it going six or seven games easily. Yeah, I don't want to see the I don't want to see the Warriors in the finals. I know they probably will, no. but I don't yeah. I don't want it. Because I was talking about this with somebody the other day. It's like uh, in the Celtics Bucks. I, I screenshotted it as well. The the Bucks Celtics game seven was the most watched game seven since 2012. Wow. So it's like it goes to prove that like, and obviously Boston is a big market. So I'm not going to call them a small market. But until Milwaukee won the championship last year, they were sort of a smaller market. Yeah. Um, so it goes to prove that like seeing smaller market teams go through the playoffs is really exciting because it's like it's sort of yeah. this this underdog story, um, and you know, I don't I don't watch baseball. I know you watch baseball, but wow. uh, um, like it's like I was watching Moneyball the other day, and I was like, oh dude, yeah, it's like. Dude. We're seeing these small. I, I want to see more small market teams in basketball rather than just like the Lakers and the Warriors every year. And it was like the same thing yeah. in Moneyball. It's like, well, we have the fucking Yankees and the Red Sox every fucking year, yes. and it's yeah. like you know. So everybody was getting hyped about the Oakland A's because they were changing it up. And I want, I want that to happen in basketball, man. I don't want to see the Warriors and the Lakers every year. I want to yeah. see some more Bucks Suns type shit. And For so sure. uh, that's why I, I really want. Dallas to win because I want Dallas to be in the finals again. I yeah. feel like um, Dallas, Dallas and the Heat would be really, really fun yeah. in my eyes. It would be, but yeah, um, be a good series. Yeah, and seeing seeing the Warriors in the finals again, I wouldn't even watch it because I'd be like, it's the fucking Warriors again, dude. Like the Warriors have been in the finals like how many times in the past decade? Like they had like four oh, against I- the Cavs, like the Cavs for a while. Like they were, like yeah. every year it was like LeBron versus Curry, LeBron versus Curry, and it's like nobody yeah. wanted to fucking watch it anymore because it's the same shit every year. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and uh, back whenever I had my my dad, I had my dad on the podcast for like episode four, so it was like okay. a while back. But um, he was like, "Yeah, I didn't." He was like, "Yeah, when I, I didn't even watch the playoffs during Michael Jordan's days." 
He's like, I loved Michael Jordan in the regular season, but whenever it was the playoffs, I would turn it off because it got boring. He was like, was gonna happen. Yeah, it's like because you knew what was gonna happen. He was he was like you would you would talk to people on the street because basketball obviously was like cr- like huge back then, like almost bigger than football because of Michael Jordan. And so like you would ask people on the street like, oh, who do you think is gonna win? Uh, I think this is his exact quote. And if uh, if I can find the clip, I'll put it in. I'll put it in editing. Where he's like, he's like, yeah, you would ask people on the street. It's like, who do you think is going to win the finals? Jordan. Who do you think is going to win the finals? Jordan. Who do you think is going to win the finals? Michael Jordan. And it's like, everybody. it's, it's the, everybody was saying Jordan. Everybody knew what was going to happen and nobody wanted to watch it. And I feel like it's the same thing now where it's like, all right, who's going to win the championship? Warriors. Who's going to get, uh, who's going to win the, the finals? Curry. Who's going to win the finals? Curry and Clay. Who's gonna win the finals? The Warriors, you know. It's just like the same answer over and over. And I want, I want to see different teams, man. Yeah. So. I mean. I, yeah. And people are gonna that, give me shit. People are gonna give me shit for that because it's like, well, the Spurs oh, won. Yeah. People are gonna give me shit for that because people love seeing big markets like that. Uh, yeah. You know, they they like super teams, and obviously, people are gonna call me a hypocrite because I'm a Spurs fan. And it's like, well, uh-huh. the Spurs fan, the Spurs won five championships and matter of two decades and it's like well, yeah but we had to f- fucking fight for those and yeah. you know the warriors are just out here shooting 43 as a game with curry clay thompson jordan Poole, and it's like nobody want like i know i say nobody but obviously people are gonna be like well i like that yeah. to me nobody wants to watch like just 43s over and over man like again i want to see some more defense i want to see some small market teams i want to yeah. see hidden talents which like that's what uh we are seeing on the Warriors a little bit like Jordan Poole like nobody was really paying attention like not many people were paying attention to Jordan Poole and then like now he's shooting threes in the playoffs and people are like is he another splash brother so Mm -hmm. yeah he wants the G League too yeah man I want to see some more people succeed I want to see some more people that are under the radar succeed again I talked about Grant Williams you know Grant Williams not many people were talking about him and then he comes in the playoffs and he was in a central role to their win so yeah I I completely agree man but speaking about uh money ball and the smaller market thing wow the Rays they do that yeah. Again, I don't the know Rays, anything about baseball, so I just know the movie. I got you, I got you. <laughs> the thing about baseball that that I love the most is it's exactly what you said. Any given year, anything can happen. Now, you got your teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, who buy everybody, right? They can buy whoever they want, and they do. Like, right now, the Yankees' salary is like 300000 300 million, like something stupid. Same with the Dodgers. But what's so cool about baseball is, I mean, one bad series and you're completely gone. That's why the Dodgers, even though they buy so many players, they've only won the World Series one time in the last, I don't know how many years, since like the 80s. Yankees, they haven't won a World Series since 2009. So the cool thing about it is in the NBA, money will win you games because you're depending on just like five, ten players, right? In baseball, you're depending on an 11-man roster that all have the same equal chance to be great. I mean, the Nationals, that's uh, the Washington Nationals, they won their World Series in 2019, right? Yeah, Yeah, 2019, and they went through some insane, insane people, and they only had like a 0.2% chance to even win. Yeah, I just remember, I just remember like in Men in Black, they were talking about like, the Cubs were the Cubs used to be like this huge powerhouse where it's like yep. you know the the Chicago Cubs and and all the Mets fans were like we're never gonna catch the Cubs and the Cubs are winning every year and then yep. for this big chunk of time it was like when the fuck are the Cubs gonna win again like Back to the Future made that joke where it was like oh it's gonna be twenty six or twenty fifteen and then like twenty sixteen the Cubs won it was like fuck it finally or some like some <laughs> shit so yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, anything else about, like, defense or smart markets or anything like that? Uh, I, I love seeing small markets win, minus the Raptors. But other than them, I love everybody. Yeah. Uh, so we already talked a little bit about the mock draft. Uh, 
Zach Levine, uh, I don't know how much we can really talk about that. I said, you know, if we get Zach Levine, which I don't know if we will, we would obviously get rid of Potal. Talked about that a little bit. The Blazers are not, uh, the Blazers as well. Um, I didn't bring up. So obviously, the Blazers made a bunch of trades uh, yeah. this season, and people people were all like, "Oh, what what are they doing? You know, they're trading away all their good players." And it's like what they're doing is they're getting rid of their contracts. You know, they're getting yes. they're freeing up all this money and so now they can bring somebody really good in like Zach Levine. They have that cap space. They can bring Zach Levine in and Zach Levine was saying that the the Portland might be a, a destination for him. So, we could see Dame and Zach Levine in Portland here soon. Uh, cuz the Portland Portland has that money to do that. Uh, and it honestly wouldn't be that surprising. So uh, if Zach Levine goes to the Spurs, which I don't think he will, then we'll have to get rid of Portal. And uh, Portland has the money to get Zach Levine. And then obviously with the Spurs, there's uh, DeAndre Ayton as well. I don't think we're going to get DeAndre Ayton. Uh, but I don't I, so. Yeah. You'll De get <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is going to leave Phoenix, though. We just don't know where. Because DeAndre Ayton said it's sort of the same thing again with James Harden uh, in Brooklyn. He was like, you know, I, I I don't feel like I'm getting respected enough in Phoenix. You know, he went on this big uh, big report that, like, Woj uh, reported on as well that was like, oh, yeah, I don't like it in Phoenix. I'm not getting respected in Phoenix. You know, I, I don't like the city. I don't like the team. Like, went on this big thing and like he was making it obvious like he wants to get the fuck out of phoenix so yeah, yeah. and it's weird too because <laughs> he sees himself as a max contract mm -hmm. and that's the main reason why all of this is going on yeah and it's it's a lack of effort too i could say is because in that same report i think like monty williams said something to him like oh you quit on our team so yeah. i'm taking you out the game so it's like he has these times where he just completely removes himself from the team yeah. mid-game. And then it's just like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, it's, so, it's, so, it's sort of like the Ben Simmons thing where he's like, I just don't yep. like the team. And, and, and it's, it just creates this feedback loop where he's like, well, I don't like the team. And so the team's like, well, we don't like you. Well, I don't like the team because the team doesn't like me. Well, the team doesn't yeah. like you because you don't like them and like so on. And it's the same yeah. thing with DeAndre Ayton now. Um and yeah, man. Um, I'll oh, tell you right now, though. Someone's gonna give him the max contract. Someone's gonna give it to him. Someone's Why? gonna give it to him. It's just a matter of who. And It'll probably be the Trailblazers. Maybe. Uh, oh, dude! Imagine that. Imagine if it's if it's Dame, Zach Levine, and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, That'd the Blazers are back in the playoffs, man. Literally. So, because their main problem is no one wants to go to Portland for a regular contract because yeah. people don't playing there and there's nothing wrong with the city it's just not a desirable place to play oh uh, well i don't know about that nothing wrong with the city yeah they're okay <laughs> <laughs> but do but, i need to do i need to send you the video of like gallon gallon water jugs filled with piss on the street yeah i, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. but it's just like <laughs> you have to sorry portland fans sorry <laughs> you have to overpay people to come in and that's what they're literally going to do this off season yeah they're going to do that yeah man and if it doesn't i will say that if they do bring zach levine and deandre ayton in that and it doesn't work like they're out in the first round or something like that then that's officially the end of super teams. Like we like yep. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets was really bad this year. The Lakers were really bad this year. But I feel like people are still trying to give super teams a chance a little bit. Oh. But if Portland ends up getting this big three of Dame, Zach Levine, and DeAndre Ayton, and it doesn't work, and they're like they spent all this time getting cap space, getting money so that they could sign these. Hey guys, so whenever I was streaming this over on Twitch, the VOD actually cut off like the last five minutes or so, but not much was cut off, so I'm just going to sort of summarize and re-record what we said. All that was really cut off was, again, at the end, we were basically saying that if Portland ends up making this big three and it doesn't work out, that's probably going to be the end of Super Teams because Portland is taking this incredible gamble. They're getting rid of a lot of their players 
And if they're doing that in order to bring in these other good players and basically use all their money on them and it doesn't work, then a lot of other people are going to look at that gamble and be like, well, we shouldn't take that gamble because it's shown multiple times now that it hasn't worked. And that was really it to some to sort of finalize the, the take that got cut off. And then the other thing was I actually asked Jeremy for the loser of the week. So, again, we do loser of the week voting. And I had come up with two, and then I asked Jeremy to bring the last one. So the one that I had was Coach Mike for his rotations and coaching during Game 7 and throughout the whole series, really. CP3 for the incredible or the incredible loss that he took in game seven as well as uh faking an injury after it to make make it seem like you know it wasn't his fault and then jeremy came with duncan robinson now i wish i really had the recording of why he said why but if i remember correctly he was saying that it had to do with duncan robinson's minutes so uh he's making uh, I forget how much that he said Duncan Robinson is making, but he's making a large amount of money, and he's only getting like four minutes a game. He said throughout the entire, I think he said throughout the entire Philadelphia series, he only had a combined 17 minutes in those whole six games, despite being a really good player for the Heat. Um, so again, I wish I really had that recording so that like he could go like more in depth and stuff but uh unfortunately i don't so i just kind of summarized it here and then that uh uh that poll is going to be over on my twitter and instagram and all that good stuff so yeah nathan Bennett episode 27 with jx remy really enjoyed it uh go subscribe to youtube if you haven't already we're already on five are we're trying to get to 500 subs by the end of the year we're on 340 as well as uh, watch these live on Twitch and follow if you haven't already. We're trying to hit 50 by the end of the year. Right now we're at 40. Go watch these on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out.